0: It must be a cold day in hell because the Biden administration has just said something sensible. Joe Biden's Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, went on CNN to explain that 13-year-olds are simply too young to be on social media.
1: What is the right age for a child to start using social media? I worry that right now, if you look at the the guidelines from the platforms, that age 13 uh, is when kids are technically allowed to use social media. But there are two concerns I have about that. One is, uh, I personally, based on the data I've seen, believe that 13 is too early. And I think that it's a time, you know, early adolescence, where kids are developing their identity, their sense of self. It's a time where it's really important for us to be thoughtful about what's going into how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships. And the skewed and often distorted environment of social media often does a disservice to many of those children. But the other concern I have is that these rules around age are inconsistently implemented.
0: Completely correct. Couldn't possibly agree more. But Murthy's position on social media for children seems a little strange when you consider it alongside his position on transgenderism for children. Back in March, Surgeon General Murthy said, quote, Yesterday afternoon in Austin, I met with transgender youth and their parents to hear how they are coping in light of the state's recent directive equating gender-affirming care to child abuse. LGBTQ plus youth were already at increased risk of suicide and other mental health struggles. We should be seeking to provide them with support and medical care. The Texas directive threatens to do the opposite, forcing parents to choose between following medical advice for their child and risking an investigation from the state is simply not right. The government shouldn't be interfering with decisions between doctors and patients. In other words, Children are too young to watch dance videos on TikTok, but they're not too young to castrate themselves. They're they're not mature enough to scroll through memes on Twitter, but they're perfectly able to pump themselves full of cross-sex hormones, irreversibly mutilate their bodies, and very possibly sterilize themselves. The Biden administration has no problem with little kids being groomed into transgenderism by watching Drag Queen Story Hour. Just make sure the kids don't watch it on Instagram. I'm Michael Knowles, this is the Michael Knowles show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Stephen Wagner who says, when they warn people about your episodes, you're doing something right fam. That's true. We did We got not one but two warnings on YouTube uh, just a couple of days ago. I'm not sure why. Is it because I was talking about Pfizer? Is it because I was talking about Joe Biden? Is it, I don't know, it could be any of the things that we talk about, but they want to make sure that you're discouraged from watching it. Why? Because they want to take power away from you. They want to take wealth away from you. They want to take your traditional way of life away from you. One great way to protect against that, you got to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. The U.S. has blown through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. That happened last month. Still, the White House refuses to reduce spending. If you're worried about the future of this nation's economy, you need to consider diversifying into gold with Birch Gold. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Text Knowles, K N O W L E S to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to help protect your savings. Head on over there uh, right now. Uh, You can do it by texting Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898. You can protect yourself with gold today. I have always enjoyed investing in precious metals. I'm thrilled to have some birch gold, especially, you know, I'm of Italian extraction. We, we love our gold, okay? Uh, a really great way to start diversifying, especially in crazy economic times. Text Ken W-L-E-S, to 989898 today. Too young to scroll on TikTok, perfectly old enough to cut your genitals off. As a point, I noticed that from the Daily Writer Tim Meads, made, made that great observation. It's really hard really, really hard to reconcile those two things. The libs don't care about reconciling them. I'm glad that the Biden administration is moving in the right direction on social media, but let's follow that to its logical conclusion, folks, and recognize that that transgenderism, which is not appropriate for anybody of any age, certainly is not appropriate for children. Speaking of children, Minnesota has just decided to legalize abortion at any point in pregnancy. Uh, This, uh, according to Minnesota, quote, every individual who becomes pregnant has a fundamental right to continue the pregnancy and give birth or obtain an abortion and to make autonomous decisions about how to exercise this fundamental right. Uh, This is the Protect Reproductive Options Act. Every Democrat in the Minnesota State House voted for this. And every Republican opposed it, and the governor, who's a Democrat, says he'll sign it into law. This now means that Minnesota is in the same league as North Korea and communist China when it comes to abortion. Much, much more radical than pretty much every other country on Earth other than North Korea, China, and Canada. Canada, actually, is is also also there as well. Now, what the libs will tell you, what the pro-abortion people will tell you is, you fear-mongering conservatives... You like to pretend that abortions happen late in pregnancies. You like to pretend that there could be abortions in the ninth month of pregnancy. But that just doesn't happen. You're worried about a problem that doesn't exist. And the way that you know that this argument is completely empty and dishonest is that they changed the law. If this doesn't happen, why would they change the law? If this doesn't happen, why did they change the law to do this in New York? Why did they change the law in Virginia? Why did they now change the law in Minnesota specifically to legalize abortion at any point in pregnancy right up until the moment of birth? You should put that argument right back in their face. And you say, oh, okay, it doesn't happen. Good, then vote against the law. Well, it's not going to do anything. So the law is totally ineffective, isn't it? It's not going to have any effect in the real. Oh, it will. Why? Because it does happen. This reminds me of when Nancy Pelosi said that the, the wall that Trump wanted to build on our southern border is cruel and inhumane and a terrible thing to do and a violation of human rights and also walls don't work. Mm, hold on. Which is it? If the walls don't work, then the wall is obviously not inhumane and cruel and terrible and a violation of human rights. If the wall is all of those things, then clearly the wall works. It's got some effect. It's the same thing here. They are passing these laws because late-term abortions do happen, and the libs don't want to defend late-term abortions on the merits. So they say, hey, look over here. It doesn't really happen. This is a made-up problem. Don't listen to the conservatives. And then with their other hand, they're signing these barbaric laws into effect. Speaking of child abuse, There is a BBC correspondent, his name is Mark Lowen, who uh, just posted a picture of him and his gay partner and a little baby in an airport. And this guy says, quote, After six weeks in wonderful and tearful farewells to our incredible surrogate and friend, it's time to go home to Lisbon with our new family member, our most beautiful hand luggage. Canada, you are a shining light of democracy and equality thank you for letting us fulfill our dream and he is fulfilling a dream i have no doubt that mark lowen this bbc correspondent is fulfilling his dream of having a child with his gay lover the cost of fulfilling that dream was ripping a baby away from his mother that was the cost and this guy many other people in this country are choosing to pursue that dream that fantasy That delusion that two men can be the same thing as a man and a woman who are married and have a family and have children. Many, many men and some women are choosing to pursue that dream at the cost of tearing a newborn little child away from his natural mother. It's one of the worst things that you can possibly do to anybody on earth. If you've ever spent any time, if you have children yourself, if you ever spent time as a little baby, if you were ever a kid once, you might remember some of this. Little babies need their mothers. And when these very, very selfish gay men decide that they are going to put their own disordered desires... Their disordered sexual desires and their perfectly normal, well-ordered, natural desire for a family when they're going to just mash those two things up and the person who's going to have to pay the price for that is the little baby who gets robbed of his mother. That is a terrible, evil thing to do. And society obviously should not tolerate that at all. But you're not really allowed to say that anymore. We have to all pretend. We have to be just like, we talked about this yesterday on the show, all the people watching that transgender ice skater Who's, a, who's an older man, an older out of shape man who's now pretending to be a woman and trying to skate around during an ice skating competition from Finland and he can't really do it and then he falls down and he can't get up. And that's kind of funny. It's sad, but it's funny. It's mostly funny. This is just mostly sad. And it is a reminder that p- people do not have a right to a child. When we're talking about family, when we're talking about procreation, The only people who can be said to have any rights whatsoever are the children. A child has a right to his natural mother and father who are united together in marriage, in perpetuity. And marriage is an institution that unites husbands and wives for the good of the spouses and for the sake of the generation and education of children. Gay men have no right to purchase, to rent the wombs of poor women and to purchase the eggs of poor women and to create children with the express intent of of robbing those children of their natural mothers. That's a really evil, awful thing to do. And I, I don't think that most of the people who do this even really think about it. I don't think Mark Lowen has ever really considered that too much. But nevertheless, it's a really evil thing to do. Babies need their mothers, okay? And some people have responded to this. They said, well Michael, do you think that would you say the same thing about heterosexual surrogacy? You're, uh, you sound like a big phobe. You know, you sound like a big bigot. Well, look, it obviously is different. It is worse when gay men and lesbian women and single parents, for that matter, do this than when a married couple does this. But it's all bad. We should not be renting the wombs of poor women and purchasing the eggs of other women in some cases and creating children in, in test tubes to, to satisfy our own desires. It has lots of effects. That people don't like to take account of. Namely, it usually uh, involves the creation of lots of embryos, lots of little human beings who are then locked away in freezers forever and ever. But beyond that, it, it establishes the domination of technology over the origin and destiny of human life. And corporations over the origin and destiny of human life. And that's, and and the state sometimes over the origin and destiny of human life. And that's a terrible thing to do. This is, this is, on the one hand, a kind of cultural Marxism, a radical dismantling of our, of our culture along new atheistic, absurd lines. That's definitely part of what's happening. This is also capitalism run amok. The fact that we're now treating women as commodities, as, 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 places to be rented and that we're treating eggs and sperm as commodities and that we're treating little kids as commodities our perfect most beautiful new hand luggage little pets little toys little dawdles to ornament our our consumerist lives absolutely awful stuff don't do it I'm sure I'm sure there are people who have engaged in this who now regret it and that's very sad and you got to make the best of a bad situation for people I know they're plenty of gay people who listen to this show and who are considering these things, don't do it. You might not realize how evil it is now, but it is evil. Do not do it. Have I made myself clear? I hope that I have. I absolutely hope that I have. You know, the last thing, the absolute last thing that you are going to want to do when you are hosting your friends for the big game is go run out and have to fill your propane tank, okay? So why do that when you can check out Cinch, Right now, head on over to cinch.com offer. Get ahead of the game this year with Cinch. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. Delivers propane tanks right to your door. Cinch delivers on your schedule. No long-term commitment or subscription required. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to be home to receive the delivery. You can track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Are you looking to exchange a tank? Cinch handles that whole process for you so you don't have to go to the hardware store or gas station. You can exchange any brand of tank as long as it is standard grill size. You choose your delivery date and Cinch handles the rest. Go online to Cinch.com or download their app to order. New customers can get their first tank exchange for just $10 with promo code Knowles, K N O W L E S. Go to Cinch.com or download the Cinch app. Use promo code Knowles, K N O W L E S to get your first tank exchange for just $10 dot com promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. This is a limited time offer. You must live within a cinch service area to redeem it. Go to cinch.com slash offer for details. Speaking of raising children, Ron DeSantis down there in Florida. The hits just keep on coming. Ron DeSantis is looking to cut the diversity, equity, and inclusion staff at universities. Uh, DeSantis has said that uh, he plans to, quote, Eliminate all DEI and CRT bureaucracies in the state of Florida such that the programs wither on the vine. Uh, that's wonderful, wonderful news. In recent years, the DEI programs at these universities have just multiplied. And uh, now it seems like for every one student, for every one professor, there are three deans and deputy deans and deputy assistant deputy deans of diversity, inclusion, and stirring up a bunch of racial and sexual resentment uh, to the tune of $400,000 a year per employee. And it's just, it's just a disaster. So DeSantis says he's going to fire all of them. Great stuff. He went on to say that DEI bureaucracies are, quote, hostile to academic freedom and constitute a drain on resources. That's true, but but that's a good thing. <laughs> academic freedom is a bad thing. And, and this is someplace that some conservatives have gotten a little confused recently. But academic freedom, the, the notion that professors have the right to teach whatever the hell they want in the classroom, that is not true, and it's not conservative. In fact, you know, I'm right now I'm I'm uh, broadcasting from my library because the Daily Wire studios are shut down, I realized I have a book right back there. It's William F. Buckley Jr.'s God and Man at Yale. This is a book credited with launching the post-war conservative movement. But the, the subtitle of that book, you might be able to see, is The Superstitions of Academic Freedom. In that book, which launched the modern conservative movement, Buckley, who is as mainstream a conservative as ever there was, Calls academic freedom a hoax. He says it's complete BS. Of course teachers don't have the right to teach whatever they want. The students have the right to an education. Education involves being taught the truth. The trustees of the university have, have the right to have some say over, over what is taught in the classroom. If it's a public university, taxpayers have a right to some say over what is taught in the classroom. The weirdo professor with the crazy hair and, and the wacky ideas about sex and race and taxes for that matter... They don't have rights. They have have the right to academic freedom in the sense that they can pursue their own researches on their own time. They don't have the right to teach kids whatever they want. Now, maybe DeSantis knows that. He's a pretty sharp guy. Maybe he knows that, and he's just using this phrase because he knows it's popular. But the fact that DEI bureaucracies are hostile to academic freedom, that's my favorite part of DEI bureaucracies. The problem is they're hostile to academic freedom in that they censor professors from teaching true things and make the professors teach false things. But but we are very much for stopping professors from teaching false things and making them teach true things. Okay. DeSantis goes on. He says, the most significant deadweight cost at universities is typically unproductive tenured faculty. Why would we want to saddle you as taxpayers with that cost if we don't have to? That also is not quite true. the, The tenured faculty are not my problem. My problem is the administrators. Small private colleges right now are spending almost twice as much on administrators as they are on academics. All the professors, the tenured ones, the not tenured ones, they're spending twice as much on the administrators, the deans and the deputy deans and all these DEI weirdos. The number of administrators at colleges and universities has grown twice as fast over the, over the 25 years ending at 2012 as the number of students did. The the reason that we don't have new data on this right now is because it's just very difficult to, to track accounting at these various colleges. The colleges are very opaque about the whole matter. But we do have these data for 25 years leading up to 2012. I promise you the situation's gotten way worse since then. And the admin has grown twice as fast as the kids. This is madness. And that's just according to one analysis by the New England Center for Investigative Reporting. So great stuff. Absolutely love that DeSantis is doing this. Axe all of these people, cut their pensions, get get them out of there. Send them to another state. Put them on the next Venezuelan Airbus up to Martha's Vineyard. Get them as far away from the students as possible. Now, speaking of DeSantis, Ron DeSantis has finally responded to the many attacks coming his way from President Kofefe, Donald Trump has been attacking Ron DeSanctimonious. He's been hitting him specifically on what is perceived to be DeSantis' strengths. That would be the lockdowns and the COVID policies in Florida. DeSantis's team has said, we had the model COVID policies. And many people have insinuated that Florida never locked down at all. Trump is now saying, no, he actually did lock down for a little bit, which is true, but not nearly as long as the federal government advised people to lock down. So anyway, they're in this kind of slapping match. And DeSantis has finally slapped back just a little bit.
1: I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win re-election, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. (laughs) We won by the largest raw vote margin, over 1.5 million votes than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so... What I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida.
0: And there it is. Now we have the DeSantis sales pitch straight from the man himself. And the sales pitch is, at least I can get elected. That's the pitch. Trump's sales pitch is, there's no such thing as Trumpism without Trump. I'm one of a kind. I'm the only one who can fix the problems. All these other guys are copycats of me. There would be no Ron DeSantis without me. I pulled him over the finish line. Forget about them. They're the wannabes. I'm the real deal. And now DeSantis's answer is, yeah, well, at least I can get elected. At least I beat Joe Biden. Now, th- th- this is a good line of argument, but it's not going to be persuasive to people who think that the 2020 election was stolen. It's not, it's not going to be persuasive in a way it might be a mark against DeSantis. The people who are really down the rabbit hole of election shenanigans in 2020 will say maybe it's actually a mark against DeSantis that he got elected. <laughs> the fact that they, the people who control the elections, they let him get elected is actually a mark against him. And that's why I got I to go for Trump. Now, you know me, I've been very open that I think that the 2020 election was rigged up to the hilt. And I said it at the time. I said it as it was happening. I said, this is completely dishonest. They're trying to steal this thing. They're, and I continue to hold that, even when many people in the conservative movement, conservative public figures were insisting there were no shenanigans. It was totally fine. It wasn't stolen. You know me. I, I think that what happened in Florida, what happened, or sorry, what happened in Georgia, what happened in Pennsylvania, what happened in Arizona, and, and in other states as well, was an absolute travesty, and I don't trust the results of the election. All of that said, though, what's Trump's answer to that? <laughs> is, is, is the argument now just, well, uh, yeah, that's true. They want, they're going to keep stealing it from Trump, and that's why we have to nominate him. So what? They're going to steal it again? What's the plan? So I'm with you. Yeah, they rigged the election up to the hilt. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to make sure they don't rig it next time? Because until the Trump camp can come up with a good persuasive answer to that, then Ron DeSantis' sales pitch, which right now is just, I can get elected. I can get elected by wide margin. It's a very persuasive sales pitch. Speaking of politicians with Santos in their name, Congressman George Santos has just announced that he will step down from his committee assignments. He won't resign from the Congress, but he will step down from his committee assignments. He says, quote, With the ongoing attention surrounding both my personal and campaign financial investigations, I've submitted a request to Speaker McCarthy that I be temporarily recused from my committee assignments until I am cleared. This was a decision that I take very seriously. Okay, he probably had to do this. The the press are hounding him constantly, There are new allegations that crop up seemingly every day that he lied about his education, lied about his employment history, lied about his sexual desires possibly, maybe was a criminal in Latin America. I don't know if anything about this guy is is honest or trustworthy at all. Some Democrats have said, you saw this line floating around social media, they said if George Santos was a Democrat, he would have been kicked out of Congress. The Democrats would have forced their fellow Democrat out of Congress. If George Santos were a Democrat, he wouldn't just be stepping down from the committees, he'd be all the way out of Congress. You know what I say? I say if Congressman George Santos were a Democrat, he would be Senator Elizabeth Warren, is who he would be. Because George Santos may or may not have lied about having a Jewish grandma I actually don't know. He might have had a Jewish grandma. The whole joke was he said he was Jewish." that he was, he didn't practice the Jewish religion, but he had a little bit of Jewish heritage somewhere. Maybe he did. I don't know. Don't know. Don't really care. Uh, what I do know is that he didn't uh, lie about being a Native American and then get a career in academia out of that. And he's not a U.S. senator. He's a congressman. He's not even. A, I, I think that if George Santos were a Democrat, he would, he would probably be President Joe Biden. Because George Santos, he lied about what high school he went to and his college degrees and all that. Joe Biden had to drop out of the 1988 presidential race because of this. Because he lied about, I think essentially every statement he's ever made about his educational background was a lie. Graduated with three degrees. Graduated in the top half of his class. Got a departmental distinction because of his academic acumen. Was there on an academic scholarship. All that was just made up. Uh, he also then had to drop out of the race for plagiarism, which is the academic crime. That is the crime that shows that you don't have academic integrity. Uh, so no, uh, you're not going to get me to call for George Santos's resignation. Okay, he's clearly a pretty weird guy. Politicians are weird guys. He might be a little on the more extreme side of things, but par for the course in that profession. George Santos is dishonest. Politicians are dishonest. He might be a little more extreme, maybe, maybe in that direction. I don't think so. Liz Warren steps down. Joe Biden steps down. Then you come to me and you say George Santos needs to step down. Until then, he's he's an important vote. We have a razor-thin majority. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it about George Santos, okay? Speaking of Hispanic men, there are a bunch of illegal immigrants in Manhattan. There are a lot of illegal immigrants in Manhattan, but there's a specific group of illegal immigrants in Manhattan right now, came up from Texas, who are staying at a luxury hotel, and they don't want to leave. The city wants them to leave the hotel. They've been at a very nice luxury hotel for quite a while now. city says, hey, can you? would you guys mind leaving? And they say, uh, no, no, gracias. Asylum Seekers say in Midtown they found work. Over there, they'd be in the middle of nowhere,
1: they say, sleeping next to the ocean.
0: He could have easily, along with Governor Hochul, opened up all the vacant luxury apartments. We are on 57th Street right now. This is Billionaire's Row.
1: Half of the super towers on this street are empty.
0: Very basic beds, head to foot. No space in between them. There's four bathrooms in the entire facility for a thousand beds. They've described multiple security gates to get in. They've described that there's only food during limited hours and that sometimes the water runs out. And importantly also, it's cold in there. Despite the mayor's claim that it's heated, they said it was cold in there. First thing I can't help but notice about that little video clip, not seeing a whole lot of mothers and widows and poor little orphan children and dreamers you know that we're told that the illegal aliens pouring across our border to the tune of 2 million a year that they're they're just they're the dreamers the sweet little dreamers the sweet little babes you want to turn away the sweet little babes now could you the poor women just fleeing political they don't that doesn't look like that to me looks to me like a bunch of able-bodied young men without any families at all who are just trying to make a buck and who are specifically complaining about how if they go to Brooklyn, it's not going to be as easy for them to make money because right now they're in Manhattan, they can make money in Manhattan. If they go to Brooklyn, they're going to have to take the subway or something, and so that's going to be inconvenient for them, and they want to stay at the luxury hotel on the taxpayer dime. That's the first thing I can't help but notice. The second reaction I cannot help but entertain is sheer delight. I think this is just great. I think this is great because the New York City government has said that it is a sanctuary city. Right? Give them sanctuary. They've said, come over here. Please, you huddled fighting age men. <laughs> come over here without your families because you're yearning to be free. But we come, we'll welcome you. Well, no, not here. No, when we said we'll welcome you, we meant in Texas. We meant in California. We met in Florida. We met in Arizona. We, wait, here? New York? All right. Maybe you can go out by the water, out by where the mob works at. Bro- wait, Manhattan? No, you can't be here in Manhattan. That's where we live. Not, you can't be here. Get out of our nice hotels. Please? Can you get out? No. Please? Por favor? No, no. Gracias. No. No, no, quiero vivar. I don't leave, Is that what you? Is that how you say to leave? I don't really know. I don't speak Spanish. Nor do the New Yorkers. They're gonna have a hard time communicating with their new neighbors. I think that's just great. If the New Yorkers don't want him there, if Mayor Eric Adams is begging Joe Biden, he's going on TV. We got to, we got to do something about this. You got, we need this out. We got to fix this now. Okay. Well, it's a, if it's a problem for New York, it's a problem for Texas. It's a Problem for Arizona. Problem for Florida. Problem for America. Speaking of shady congressmen, Adam Schiff is going to run for Senate. Adam Schiff, you know, was leading the charge of the first impeachment against Donald Trump. Adam Schiff is a a shill and a hack who uh, led so much of the Russiagate hoax. And uh, he, he got the whole story wrong. And he either lied was so incompetent that he just unwittingly got the story wrong. But he got the story so wrong, he was so the boy who cried wolf during the Trump years, that even CNN is calling him out for it.
1: You said that there was direct evidence of the fact that Donald Trump colluded with Russia back in 2016. Special Counsel Robert Mueller said in his report, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government. Republicans argue that's proof that you used your position on the Intelligence Committee to intentionally mislead Americans, which is why you should not be on that committee.
0: If you read the Mueller report, uh, he makes clear, uh, even in the first few pages of the report, that he
1: states no conclusion on whether Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians. Let me give you another. He says that um, this is part of uh, of a pattern. Ahead of the first Trump impeachment, you said the committee had not spoken to a whistleblower. In fact, that turned out not to be true. You know, the Washington Post uh, said so in their, in their fact check. Uh,
0: the Washington Post uh, uh, identified that, yes, before the person became a whistleblower, they sought advice from the committee. Uh, when I was asked the question, I thought they were referring to whether we had brought the whistleblower in. Uh, and I should have been more clear in my answer. I should have been more clear. You see, it was all a big understanding. Not only did Schiff try to, to weasel his way out, of, of lies and manifest falsehoods that he is told, whether wittingly or unwittingly. Oh, yeah, I just misunderstood the question. But he goes further. He, he basically defends the Russia hoax. That's his story and he is sticking to it. But no, we we're supposed to disavow George Santos. I don't, I don't care about George Santos. Okay. Not saying I would leave him here to manage my finances or babysit my kids or trust him really with anything whatsoever. But I, I I don't want to hear about that. When you've got, forget about Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, when you've got the Adam Schiff's of the world leading in the Democrat party, about to get a promotion from congressman to senator, don't talk to me about, don't talk to me about George Santos. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State and former CIA director, points out Adam Schiff leaked classified information.
1: What say you about the speaker's decisions? So I had the incredible privilege to serve on that committee. Uh, It covers the most classified, most difficult stuff. Not every member of Congress gets to see the information that the Intelligence Committee sees. And Adam Schiff lied to the American people. And during my time as CIA director and secretary of state, I know that he leaked classified information that had been provided to him. Now, the fact that Adam Schiff was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee almost ruined that committee. It serves an incredibly important function for the American people. Uh, Speaker McCarthy got this one exactly right. Uh, Adam Schiff should be nowhere near serving on the Intelligence Committee. I don't think he should be seeing classified information.
0: Absolutely right. There it is. But we've got to worry about Donald Trump, a president who had full authority to declassify whatever he wanted. He, he had some, some papers at Mar-a-Lago. We have to worry about that. Send in the Marines. Send in the FBI to kick the door in. Meanwhile, you've got Adam Schiff actively leaking classified information. That he had absolutely no right to leak. I just don't want to hear it, guys. Don't want to hear that manufactured outrage. You know, Valentine's Day's coming up. Are you looking for a gift for your trigger warning man? If so, and you think it's right to reward a guy who works hard, plays with his kids, and upholds the patriarchy every time he holds the door, then pick up a Valentine's bundle from Jeremy's Razors, now 30% off. There is the new Precision 5 Razor with six months of blade refills, the luxurious beard kit with beard oil, shampoo, balm, and a boar's hair brush, or the best-selling body bundle with charcoal body wash, shampoo, and conditioner. You love your man. What companies hate his guts. Kick them out of his bathroom with a Jeremy's Razors Valentine's Bundle, now 30% off, because nothing says, I love you, quite like, I don't hate you. Just make sure to order by February 7th to receive it by the 14th. Go to jeremysrazors.com. Speaking of embarrassing Democrat congressmen, here's a new one. Have you heard of Representative Sarah Jacobs? Sarah Jacobs, I, I had not heard of her before this. She is a backbencher Democrat congressman, I guess. She has some interesting theories on state power and biology.
1: 24 states have banned abortion or are likely to do so. Without Roe, Americans are now facing a confusing patchwork of state laws, dictating who can make decisions about their health care and when. Without Roe, state governments are forcing pregnancy on people. Maternal and infant health care outcomes are worsening.
0: We can put a pause right there. The state governments are forcing pregnancy. How are they doing that? Would you say? Well, because they ban abortion. How do you, how does Sarah Jacobs think that pregnancy begins? When a man and a woman, at least, I don't know, this is how it used to be. When a man and a woman love each other very much, they go out, they get married, then they do this thing. And then that's, that's how you get a baby. Now, of course, it involves catalogs of people and hundreds of thousands of dollars and test tubes and all sorts of weird Canadian laws. And but pr- previously, that was. How, but under no circumstances does the state force somebody to become pregnant. What the state does in this country is, in certain parts of the country, uh, not permit women to kill their own children. So it is true the state forces people to uh, accept the consequences of their actions and to respect the humanity of their own children. In some cases, in some parts of the country. In other parts of the country, you can kill the kids, you can trans the kids, you can purchase kids like commodities. But in some, some parts of the country, it's true. You don't get to kill your kid. But in no part, in no part will, will the state impregnate you. Yet. Yet, we don't know. I mean, I guess our, our National Day is still still quite young. Speaking of Democratic women trying to explain things, Kamala Harris gave a, a rousing oratory uh, just the other day in which she explained how rocket ships work. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020.
1: Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched.
0: Yeah. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did that. That's what a rocket ship is. Kamala Harris sounds to me like the student in your class who thought that essays and term papers and even question and answer sessions were were just about filling the space with words. But that's. That's all that it was about. This is this woman has less to say than any person I have ever seen in public life. She talks just as much as anybody in public life, but she has nothing to say. What is, what is one thing that Kamala Harris has ever said that has carried with it any meaning? There's, there's one answer to this, as far as I'm concerned. And it's during the Democrat primaries in 2020, she called Joe Biden a racist. That's the one thing she ever said that was seemed concrete, seemed like it had a purpose, seemed specific. And then by the way, she walked it back and she said, no, I don't think he's racist, but he's a, he, he supported segregation. He was going to keep me off a school bus or something. And that was other, otherwise it's just, wow. Microscopes allow you to see small things and rocket ships go, boom, wow. And it goes up and then, wow. Huh? It's very, it would be very sad. I was going to say that she's the, the least impressive politician I've ever seen. It's not true. She's very impressive. I am impressed by her vacuity. I am impressed by her vapidity. And I, I can't imagine that life. Could you imagine? You go into politics. You suffer the slings and arrows, all of the attacks people make on you. You forego, in in many cases, making better money elsewhere. There, are, I don't know about Kamala Harris, but there are plenty of politicians who could make way more money in the private sector than they do in government I'm not saying she doesn't make a good salary as a VP or a senator but she could she could probably make more money in the private sector you, you you get to spend more time with your family when you're not in government you go through all of the this the indignities that go along with holding office for what for no purpose whatsoever just to be there just to be the vice president there is Kamala Harris doesn't want to do anything in office she has no agenda whatsoever she's a completely empty suit. Not a whole lot going on, I think, between the ears. Certainly not a whole lot going on between the shoulders in terms of her heart, in terms of what stirs her. In, in, n- nothing at all. She, kind of like Joe Biden, she just wants to be the vice president, probably ultimately to be the president. Could you possibly imagine? Speaking of artificial and contrived things, the FDA has just given the go-ahead to lab-grown meat. Now, lab-grown meat is different from Veggie burgers, lab-grown meat is different from the Impossible Burger, or the I think Burger King was serving these for a while. They're vegetarian, but they look kind of like meat, and they even are kind of juicy. And that's not what this is. This is this is actual meat, just not mostly not from animals. The agency says that it considers chicken that is cultivated from cells that come from stem cells and all sorts of weird Frankenstein kind of stuff. Uh, The FDA considers this safe for humans to eat after a review of a chicken product from Upside Foods, which is a company out of Berkeley. Now, this won't be hitting the stores just yet because they still need a sign-off from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, and the FDA team up to decide which foods you're allowed to eat. Uh, But the way it works is that the, the meat, the fake meat, is cultivated from real animal cells. And so the CEO of Upside Foods, a woman named Uma Valetti, says that they are, quote, like a starter dough. It means it's not vegetarian. It means that sometimes animals are killed and eggs are used in the process of this, but but many, many fewer animals are, are killed to obtain the same amount of meat. And to all of this, I say, no, thanks. I'm good. No, but it tastes the same. It probably doesn't, but even if it does, nah, no thank you. But this is a way where you can have your meat and not kill the animal too. You you. can have you, This is a way where you can have the best of all worlds. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks though. Thanks for the offer. But why, why? Look, rationally on paper, it's all upside and there's no downside. Yeah, I guess. I just don't really believe you. I don't trust the FDA. I don't trust these regulators. I don't trust the scientists. I don't trust these fads in modern, hyper-scientific meats and other food products. I just don't trust that. It seems to me that every new, brand new food fad based on some highly engineered type of, of food in the last many decades has been very bad for us. And it's always been the same story. The story is This new scientifically engineered food is really, really good for you. And it's way better than all the traditional foods. And you should just replace all those traditional foods with this new cheap chemical stuff that we're giving you. And then what happens? Some years go by, decades go by, and you find out all that new weird scientifically engineered stuff is terrible. My prediction, this isn't even just my prediction, but sweet little Elisa made this prediction too, so that's how you know it's it's a good one, is that this stuff is going to be the seed oils of 20 years from now. So my part of the prediction is that this lab-grown weird meat, that's going to be the seed oils of 20 years from now. What I know for sure, and I'm totally with sweet little Elisa on this, cricket powder, which the libs are all now trying to put in our foods, and succeeding in some cases, it's going into foods in Europe, and it's already here in America in some places, uh, that is going to be the seed oils of, of 20 and 30 years from now. Mark my words. And we are gonna go right, but just as we're as we're seeing right now with oils and fats and the way that we cook foods, we're we're now ditching the soybean oil and the canola oil and the it's called rapeseed oil. it's right there in the name, rapeseed. We're ditching all that stuff and saying, Oh, actually, you know, butter's not so bad for you. Actually olive oil and kind of traditional stuff, its not so bad for you. It's going to be the same thing here with the libs who are trying to make us eat the bugs and the weird Frankenstein meat grown in the lab. But don't worry, because the genius scientists at the FDA and all the other regulatory agencies, uh, they're telling us it's all fine. And when have they ever gotten something wrong? When When have they ever been proven wrong on public health or any other matter? I'm now at the point where if the FDA tells me to do something, I am inclined to do exactly the opposite. Now, we had a marvelous, marvelous member block for you today. But unfortunately, we were booted out of our studios. Severe weather in Nashville has us all hunkering down. And because I do not have the technological apparatus of our mainframe at the headquarters, we're going to have to hold that for tomorrow. All right, how's that for a cliffhanger, folks? In the meantime... Make sure you head on over to dailywire.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Enter promo code Knowles. You can become a member. You'll be ready for that creme de la creme, that inner circle tomorrow. I'll see you then.